All right. right. And, and then Generation, Generation Life Youth Camp is coming up uh, June 26th through the 30th. Yeah. 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 So many teachings. All right, so Joshua 1.8 tells us exactly what meditation is and why it is necessary for every believer. Uh, out of the Amplified, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Amen. Meaning all the time. Not that you have to do it constantly all the time, but it all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Right. And that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous. So there's a promise. If you meditate, your way shall be prosperous. That's right. And then you shall deal wisely and have good success. That's right. So. Hebrews 10, uh, 10.23 tells us to hold fast, do not waver in your meditation. Hallelujah. And be dedicated to it. Out of the King James Version, it says, on verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. God, he is faithful. Amen. Oh, profession. Right. All right. So, so if you, when, when, at, at the, the meeting this week, week Brother Andy, Andy uh, explained it this way. way. He, he, he talked, talked about a cow and how it digests its food. See, when, when, it, when it eats the grass, grass if it just ate the grass, grass and did nothing more than, than, than what, what we do, well, I mean, we can't, we can't get nutrients out of grass. But a cow can because of the way it does it. Basically, it has four chambers in its stomach. And when, and when it, it eats it the first time, it chews it, it goes down, down in the first chamber, and it sits there for a while, and, 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 and kind of breaks down a little bit. Meditation. Anyway, <laughs> then the cow brings it back up, and it chews it more, and it sends it to the second chamber. And then, and then it sits there for a while, and then it comes back up, and it chews it more, chews it more, and it sends it back down. And then... Every, Every time, time it does this, it gets more out of it. It gets more nutrients. And the cow's sitting there thinking, wow, this stuff's better than last time. This is awesome. You know? And then it finally gets to the fourth time, and it goes, and then it just, you know, it goes, you know what goes after that. Right? But the point is that without it, bringing it back up and chewing on it for a while, it doesn't get everything out of it that it gets. And Brother Andy said, it's the same way with our daily bread. We have, we have to keep, keep bringing it back, back up. up. We have to chew on it some more. We have to think about it. We have to talk it over with God. And every time we do this, we get more out of it. Amen. So while Brother Andy was preaching this, the, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and saying that it's kind of like this. Uh, when you come to church, it's kind of like a restaurant. And the, and the preacher or the, or the pastor is the chef. He prepares the food for you. He brings, he brings it up, he puts it on the table, and if you, don't, if you, don't, if you go, go out on the toilet ice and that's it, you're not, you're not going to get much out of it. Out of it. Yeah. You're, you're going to spend your money to look at your food, and maybe smell it, and get hungry, hungry. But, but you won't have gotten anything out of it. First you have to receive it, then you have to eat it, 
And then and you, you have to you have, have to do, do like the cow does. You, you have to bring it back up, up and meditate on. You have to do this throughout the day, throughout the week. And the more you do this, the more you get out of it. The more it gets down into spirit, and the more it becomes rhema to you. Rhema is the is the spirit spoken word of God. And once it becomes the spirit spoken word of God, it becomes powerful to you. And the only way you're going to get that is by meditating on it. The only way. You, you, you can't, can't just, you, you, you can, can sit there and listen to the Bible over and over again, but if you don't think on it, you don't, you don't meditate on it, you don't speak it, it's not going to get down inside of you. And considering we only get like three meals a week that way, so if you come to every service, you really need to meditate on it to get everything you can out of it. Here's the other thing the Spirit brought up to you later after the service. He said, he said, he said so, are you, you how often do you go out to eat? Occasionally. Well, if, if that's all you did, you wouldn't get anything, right? Sometimes, Sometimes you have to prepare, prepare food yourself. yourself. So, good, good points. points. <laughs> but we pack them happy meals at the end of the meditation session. That's true. We pack them happy meals. All you gotta do is take this home with you. <laughs> that was one. Well, like but anyhow. That's a happy meal. Right. Okay, so, uh, so if, if you take a scripture and speak it repeatedly and talk it over with the Lord continually or always, then the scripture will get down in your spirit and will provide or produce good success in your life. We give you an end scripture and a heal scripture each week to give you a launching point for meditation. But this should be all. All right. So, so our, our, our in him for this week is uh, Philippians 4.13 out of the King James. And it says, um, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I kind of like the way it's written in the bulletin, though. It says, in him I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Which means if, means if Christ is in us and we are in him, then we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. Because you can't, you can't do it without him being in you. He has to be in you first. I can say, you know, I can go through life and say, oh, I need something, let's go pick up Christ, and we'll get something. Well, you're not going to get much that way. If he's already inside of you, if you've already been meditating on it, you've already been working that, and getting inside of you, then you know, it's going to work. It just is. So our confession. I can, I can do all things, things. Do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Through Christ which strengthens me. Praise God. No. no. All right. So our healing scripture for this week is 1 Peter. See, I've already been meditating on these. You can tell, can't you? All right. So 1 Peter 2.24. By whose stripes ye were healed. Notice that it's past tense. It, it says, says we're healed. Not already done. Going to be healed. Not, but, but see, see now, now some people say, well, that means healing passed, passed away. We're, we're not going to get it anymore. No. No, no. no. That, that means that he's already done it. it. All, All we have to do is see it. He's already taken the He's already counted the cost. He's already had Jesus pay it. And it's already done. We just have to receive it. So our confession... By his stripes, I was healed. By his stripes, I was healed. If I was healed, 
than I am. Than I am you. Okay, glory to God. All right. Well, thank you, Lord. That should take as long as I thought it would. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we just love you and we come before you to learn to draw closer to you, Lord. We, 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 we will meditate on your word that, 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 is, that we receive here today. We receive it with an open heart and good ground. Ground that, will, that, that, that the seeds will grow in and, will, and we will tend them and meditate on them and they will grow and bear fruit in our lives and the lives of those we come in contact with. Lord, uh, we just thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for prosperity and healing in our lives. We thank you for looking out for us. We thank you for the things you do we never even see or know about because you take care of them before we even ever do. Lord, we know that you are for us, not against us. That you will never forsake us. That you are always with us. And we thank you for that. Even when we're going the wrong way, Lord, you're there waiting for us to come back. And we thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask that you forgive us for those things that we've done that we shouldn't have done and those things we left undone that we should have done because you, you told us to do them. Because that still small voice inside of us said, Lord, or said, said, Michael, go do that. If I didn't do it, Lord, just forgive me. I try to be faithful to that, Lord. Help me to be strong and courageous. Help us all to be strong and courageous to do the things that you called us to do. The, the things, things that you made, made us to do. The, the purpose for us, Lord. The purpose for us is to do your work. And we, we will to do, do that work. We thank you, Lord, for making us strong to do it. And giving us the wisdom we need to know when to do it and what to say. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I am the image of God. I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with Him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and ratified in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as king in life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to be with you. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. All right.
Join with us as we praise the Lord, for he is mighty and worthy to be praised. Worship 
And I want you to answer from your heart, not from your head. I don't want you to answer what you think I want to hear or what you think God wants. This answer needs to come from your heart. There's some issues and there's some challenges and there's some things you've been dealing with in your life. Some people know some things. Others people know nothing. But the Lord wants to know, do you want to be free of those issues?
There's no right or wrong answer. It's just what's in your heart. Okay. The Lord knew that. Or he wouldn't have had me ask, ask you. Okay. The Lord wants to set you free. Okay. You close your eyes and you receive from God. Okay. Pastor Mike, come pray. Now, Father, as I lay my hands on Brianna, Father, you heard it from her own lips. More importantly, Satan and you foul controlling spirits that have been harassing her since she was a small child. You heard her say she wants to be set free, which means you have no right to stay in Jesus' name. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' mighty name, I see those ropes, and I see those tides, and I see those strongholds. And you foul, disgusting spirit of sexual immorality that's walked right behind her. You were so bold to even walk into this house. I saw you months ago walking tightly upon her heels. I command you to release her and let her go in Jesus' mighty name. I command every rope and every tie and every stronghold to be broken and permanently severed in Jesus' name. Now you release her. You take your hands off from around her neck and off from around her mind. You release her and you let her go in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, seal her from the top of her head, the soles of her feet, yes, out of her fingertips, with, with the power of God like she's never experienced before. Father, she's free in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, you listen to me. This is critically important. We broke the sever. We broke the tie. It's going to be easier for you now to let some things go. But you have to make the choice. There's things, literally things, that people have given you. There's things that you have held on to. And there's relationships that you have not been able to let go of that you know you need to let go of. It is vitally important that you get those things out of your life. And it's going to hurt. I'm not going to tell you it's not going to hurt. You're going to have tears. It's going to hurt. But it's hurting the flesh. It's not hurting the spirit. But it's vital that you get those things out of your life because those things are allowing that demon access to you. And if you don't get them gone, he's going, it's going to come back. Okay? It's vital. Okay? But there's an anointing in you. There's a power in you. There's an ability in you to do it. And I'm not pressuring you. This is between you and God. Okay? Jackie, come up here. Thank you, Father. I heard the Lord say this. Don't be distraught by it. I heard the Lord say this. It's time for you to stand on your own. It's time for you to walk on your own. You've always leaned on the touch and the word. And though my servant will lay hands on you today, 
You need not be dependent on it from this day forward. It's time for you and I to walk this walk alone, says the Lord. It's time for you and I to begin to walk out your path, your plan, and your purpose. If you're constantly looking to man to be your rescue, your help, and your aid, it will put a ceiling and a cap upon your life. And you'll not go to the places that I've called you to go. So it's time, says the Lord, to trust in me and do not doubt and do not fear. But instead, put your eyes upon me and trust that I have you in everywhere you go. Trust, trust, trust. Trust, O oh God. Trust, O oh God. Lord says, spend time with me, for I'm a jealous God. This doesn't mean I'm mad at you for being busy. This means I want to spend time with you. I really want to spend time with you. Spend time with me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes. 
Yes. Faith, yes. we command you to take your hands off of this man. Your, your minion has put this pain on him long enough. It must stop in Jesus' name. Come out of him, come off of him, get away from him in the name of Jesus, and don't come back in Jesus' mighty name.
And Father, we thank you that the work is worth it, that the power of God is working, that the nervous system, the pathways are being restored, that all blood levels, pressure levels, every level in the body, breathing levels, mental levels, everything works perfectly and functions perfectly according to the power of God. And Father, I thank you. Heal all as well in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, I lay my hands upon Bert's hands. Let me have you, Bert. As I lay my hands upon Bert's hands, Father, I thank you that you place a fresh anointing, a fresh understanding, a fresh level of understanding in her. That she, she won't be able to only be the caregiver naturally, but she'll be able to be a caregiver spiritually. In Jesus' mighty name. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Father God. Come off his heart. Thank you, Father. Yes. 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 The only answer is, I am healed. The only answer. You have what you say. So, James, come up here. Oh, so that just saw it. I mean, he's like a neon light. Come up here. There has to be just raising hands the Lord. This is me talking. This is not the Lord talking. The other day we were spending time together and you said, I'm here for you. He said, you said, I'm here, but I don't know why. And I said, you're here for me. What I meant by that is there's a spiritual connection between you and I. There's something in you that charges my batteries. There's something in you that when we sit down and we talk about the things of God, it supercharges and strengthens me. When you are in private and alone, you're praying for me, strength comes. So though it may seem insignificant to you or to some, it's big. Your purpose, you are here for me. That's your purpose. It's like I, I equate it to Aaron with Moses. Aaron, Aaron gave Moses the support that he needed. Think of when they were in the battle, Aaron and her held up his hands. And as long as his hands were held up, it won the battle. You're my Aaron and my her. That's who you are. That's your purpose. That's your plan. It doesn't mean that there's not other purposes and other plans, but that's what it is. We're related all my life. Raise your hands to God. Father, I thank you for Brother James. Father, I had no idea all those years ago that you sent him to this place for my benefit. But Lord, I see it now, and I see it clear, and I see it plain. He's my Aaron and my her, and I thank you for it. And Father, I thank you that you knit our hearts together. And Father, I thank you that you place a gifting and an anointing in him that causes my batteries to be charged and my batteries to be strengthened. And I thank you for that. I thank you that even even before I was born, Father God, you were putting things in James that I would need in this day and in this hour, and I thank you for it. 
Father, I thank you for it. I thank you that you brought him full forth. I thank you that you protected him through all the tactics of Satan. Now, Father, infusing with your power, infusing with your love, infusing with your Holy Ghost from the tips of his toes, the top of his head, out of his fingertips, Father God, I thank you that as he searches out you, that he'll have every need supplied and every need met. And Father, if there's any weakness in him, if there's any stronghold in his life, I'll break it right now in Jesus' name. Father, I break every stronghold off of you. And Father, I thank you that from this day forth, Satan has no evil sin in Jesus' name. Satan, take your hands off of his heart. You've tormented him long enough. It is time to desist in Jesus' name. You must leave. You must leave him alone in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Peace, and healing, and love, and his spirit, and his heart in Jesus'
for those of you who are on camera, I'm Zach. Nice to meet you. Um, my life wasn't always the best. It started off with a lot of roadblocks. Um, I was born two months to ten days early. Very, very small child. Uh, the first six months of my life in the NICU on respirators, ventilators, machines that don't even have names, I guess. And over the last week, we went to Gatlinburg and sat on a road brandy, and a new confession came to me. Praise God. I can do all things through Christ to be strengthened to me. Through the renewing of my mind with the word of God, I have all supplication. All my needs are met. I have access to an unlimited supply through God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Satan has no hold on me. God is always with me and will never leave me. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. That speaks to me. Because when you sit in darkness for 18 years, no one by your side, it's very hard to get up and face the day, per se. It's not always going to be an easy road. There's going to be times where your back's up against the wall, you got an army in front of you, and it feels like feels like the best thing for you to do is just jump out of the boat. Just keep on with it. Because God is always with you. He is for you. He is with you. He is there to help you, to nurture you, to guide you, to keep you to keep you walking. Yeah. To keep you upright. Sorry. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He will keep you in this life and the one that he has planned for you. Amen. Those of you that don't know, when Zach said he lived 18 years of his life in darkness, it wasn't just a normal human life. Like we have, just not only God, thank you. He just gave me permission to advance for it. And uh, he, he, knows, he knows that this is an uncomfortable area for me. He knows it. We've talked about it a little bit. Um, when we met Zach, Zach was absolutely demon-possessed. Most people don't understand what that is. What that is, is when it, what, see, every person is a spirit, a soul, is a spirit, has a soul, that's their thoughts, feelings, emotions, their personality, and all of that resides in a physical body. Demons get entrance first through the mind, and they cause you to be obsessed in your thinking. That's the level that, that we deal with on the day-to-day, keeping this the devil out of our mind. So when you get caught up and you can't stop thinking on the thoughts of Satan, what you're dealing with is obsession, and it's caused by an evil spirit. 
If you surrender to that long enough and you begin to respond to that and you begin to act on that, eventually what happens is a demon will attach itself to your physical body. You can't see it, but it's there. Or it will actually come and live on the inside of your physical flesh. And it will take partial control of you from time to time as you yield to it. The more you do that, the more demons you have that come and live on the inside. And the stronger that one, the, that one becomes. If you yield to that long enough, so first they enter the human body, then they, once they enter the human body, they begin to grab a hold of the human soul, the thoughts, the feelings, first the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions, the obsessed. Then they get a hold of the body, but eventually what will happen is one will actually actually uh, move into your human spirit, the eternal part of you that lives forever. Now in Zach's case, he did not go through that process. Zach was not given a choice. By permission of his mother, Zach was demon-possessed in the womb. So when he said he lived in total darkness for 18 years, that's what he meant. By the hand of God, by the Spirit of God, by the power of God, ministering in his service, Zach came up to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and was praying what appeared to be tongues. Or freak somebody out. Doesn't mean he got a demon. I'm just telling you what happened. Holy Spirit said to deal with it today, we're dealing with it. And immediately there was a voice as though it was a man standing behind me with great uh, authority. authority and anger said, That is not my Holy Ghost. Okay, Lord, I'm standing in the front of the church. The man is here preparing to have lay on to have a prayer over him, and you're telling me it's not the Holy Ghost, and I believe it's not the Holy Ghost, and I knew what the situation was, but what do I do? And I waited on the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost said, You may lay your hand on his stomach. Your spirit is down here. He says, You may lay your hand on his stomach and be sensitive to what I show you. And I laid my hand on his stomach. And when I did, I came in contact with the darkest. Words do not describe what I came in contact with. It was the darkest of the darkest of the dark, deadliest pool of despair and darkness that I could ever begin to even imagine. And that doesn't even touch it. It was so dark and so my I immediately went, okay, don't want to touch that. Don't want to play with that. Just blessing, dismiss the service. I was like, everybody get out of here. We got a problem. But the anointing was strong, the power of God was so strong, and I, under the anointing and under the power of God, went to him and looked at him, square in the eyes, and said, what's in there? Like, I didn't know. And that demon through him looked at me and smirked like it had something on me. And I said, let me rephrase that. I know what is in there. And when you want to be set free, you come see me. I was bold as a lion. There was an anointing. And then I walked away and the anointing left. And I went, oh my God, what did I just do? Jesus, that wasn't funny. 
couple weeks go by, ministries change, we're in the first service. This is our first service. She's talking about our first service as pastors. As pastors. minister, fresh out of Bible school, talking about joy of the Holy Ghost, power of God was there. And let me tell you what, that demon that was in him was ready to pounce. And I thought, hmm, this is not going to be good. Because that young minister was just wound up in the Holy Ghost and was just antagonizing that demon. And I thought, we've got to have the sons of Eva in here. That minister's about to get shook naked and run down the streets is what we're about to have. Okay. So, uh, I just, I was being a good Bridget. I went up there with the modesty drapes. I went up there with my box of tissue. I stood real close. I stood like right in front of him practically, as close to him as I could get. And under my breath, I was going, you fell demon from hell. I command you to not manifest. You won't move. You won't growl. You won't make a sound. In Jesus' mighty name, I like I knew what I was doing. I didn't have a clue. The anointing was there. I was just telling you, I didn't have a clue. And all of a sudden, and, 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 and the ministry is real close to me. He's like, hey, I get to open and say, hey, oh, hey, what you got going on in there? I was like, you don't want to know. <laughs> I was like, you do not want to know. I was like, Lord, get him to antagonizing this thing. So, and, and the minister that came on that day was brand new. Yeah, I mean, fresh out of Bible school. This is like his first service. Well, I don't know if it was early on, but it was early on. All of a sudden, the power of God struck. All of a sudden, the power of God struck, and bam, to the floor, like a sack of potatoes, that went. Not that with the demon, and the demon was in the body, so the body went. You understand what I'm saying? So, bam, to the floor he goes. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. And he didn't, he didn't lay out or anything. He just, he collapsed, knees, and then, you know, into a pile. Yeah. 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 But he, he was, huh? No, he wasn't. He was glued to the floor. He was there for a good while. And I, and after he got up, after he got up, despite the fact that I was wrong, the only thing on me, I said, Pastor Mike, I said, Eddie, you're trying to manifest, you go out there and deal with that. And I said, what am I going to do? I said, I don't know where you go. So you go. You yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> So we dismissed her, and that was it. We told everybody we were taking church, and what have you dismissed her, and I went, wow, that was fun. Okay, great. But uh, it was a great service. That was just, that was just. What is Zach still up front? At this point, yeah, we yeah. didn't serve and he was still up there. He's still laying up there. He's still laying up there. I mean, honestly, the way, the best way I think of it to describe how it went down is kind of like an accordion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just collapse. Quick. Just Kind of, you know those, you know those, you know those, um, you know those little wave round guys out there? It's, it's like, like somebody cut the power to the fan and he just went. That's what it was like. But in either case, so Wednesday comes along. Wednesday night comes along, it's our first service as pastors, full pastors, everything. I've got a teenager in the church that I've been trying to get born again for a year and a half, two years. I, don't, I mean, I've taken her to camp. I've done everything. This, this girl just will not surrender to Jesus. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So we've been working on her, working on her, working on her. And so I begin to preach on Matthew. How many, how many you know? No, Mark 16. What's the last chapter Mark? You get your Bible. Read the last verse in Mark. 
and ask God, Jesus, what do I do? Jesus, what do I do? Jesus, what do I do? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Brother Randy has been preaching and ministering for some time. And it was prophesied by the fathers of old that in this last day, in time, rule of God, that there would be a revival of casting out demons. That there would be a revival in it. So, I was like, okay, well, I guess this is it. So I go over here. And I said, is that because you want to be born again? You want to see Jesus as your Lord, as your life, and all that? And he said, yes, ma'am. And he said, yes, I do. Everything looks good. The water is calm. I'm thinking, man, this is easy. I said, okay, repeat this prayer after me. And he and I said, Father, in the name. And he said, oh, growling and fussing and carrying on. Not that. The demon took control of you. And we was on from there. But praise God, the power of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name above every other name, is more than enough to help you overcome any issue in your life up to and including demon possession. Now, I highly recommend that you get control of your flesh before you reach the point of obsessed or oppressed. Yeah. Highly recommend that you that you get there before then. Almost one year later to the date, almost exactly one year later, we had a, we had a gentleman come into the church, spirit filled, tongue talking, love Jesus, born again, believe in God. Yeah. Huh? Freshly born. Yeah, a few months. Two months, yeah. A few months, few months. I don't remember the exact dates and all that. Um, but he comes into the church, on fire for God, wanting to know God, loving God, coming to the church one Wednesday night, and says, hey, I've been reading about this deliverance, and what have you, and I just want you to know he had had some issues in his past uh, with some addictions, and he said, I didn't, he said, you know, he said, you know, I was an addict, he said, but I'm, I'm no longer using, or, or, you know, I'm no longer actively an addict, he said, but that craving is still there. And he said, so if I need some type of deliverance, I'm open to that. Arrogance. I said, listen. I said, you're spirit-filled, born-again, tongue-talking Christian. You're seeking God. You're sitting in the house. You love the house. You're good. You don't have any need for any deliverance from any demons. He said, okay. I said, just stay in the word. Most ministers don't get this. I didn't get this. So, okay, so a couple weeks go by, hadn't come, did a prayer where she don't say pray over her. He was standing next to her by the ocean of, again, under the anointing. You can only, listen, you can only cast out demons and be aware of them when the Spirit gives you the ability. That's right. You can't, everybody look, that one's got a demon. Did the Spirit, did the discerning the Spirit go, go into operation? Did it not? No. I mean, you can look at some behaviors and make some reasonable deductions. That's right, you can. But you can't know unless the Spirit of God reveals it to you. So, right. remember, this is a born-again, Spirit-filled, tongue-talking believer. And I said, no, you're good, you don't need to be delivered. So by the ocean of the Holy Ghost, I reach my hand up, I lay my hand on his head, and I command the spirit, I command the spirit of addiction to release him and let it go. And when I did, 
he rolled off and hit me. Now, I didn't feel any more than this. My, hand, my eyes were closed, I was praying. I didn't feel any more like this than this. Those that were in the church that day said, came to me afterwards and said, are you okay? He called off and hit you hard. I said, no, he didn't. He said, yes, he did. It was loud. I said, I didn't feel a thing. That's called the protection of God. When that happened, I went, ooh, I got a demon. I said, you come out in Jesus' name. The church went with us. You come out in Jesus' name. The spirit went. He fell back. The spirit left. He got up. He rejoiced. He said, amen, hallelujah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm healed. I'm hallowed. This is wonderful. Praise God. But the anointing never left. I couldn't, I couldn't get settled that day. I couldn't sleep that night. That morning I got up, the anointing was still there. Listen, when the power of God is on you, your flesh has a hard time containing it and handling it. So that anointing was on me, and we had to go down to Blairsville. So we're down there in Blairsville, and we're going to get something to eat. And I said, something's not right. I still was calling. So we called him. And he said, Pastor, I'm telling you right now. He said, I know that I'm free. He said, I know that I know that I'm free, but all right now, he said, and I know this is nothing more than the flesh. He said, but right now, I feel like a caged animal fighting to get out of the cage. And I thought, hmm, well, that's not right. So I said, well, why don't you, we, it's going to be a little while before we meet up at the church. Why don't you meet us up at the church here in a few hours, and um, we'll, we'll see what we can do about it. So who do you think I called immediately? Uh, you better believe I called Brother Randy. He's the only minister I know that dealt with casting out devils and demons. Remember, he was in prison when he learned how to cast out devils and demons, and he had much experience in it. So I called Brother Randy, and he what did I do? Well, guess what? I couldn't get him. Oh. I was like, how long? They said, well, she called somebody else. I said, I don't know, another minister that dealt with cast out demons. I said, I guess I'm just going to have to rely Guess what? When you don't know what to do, there's somebody that has the help that you need. It's called the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that when you have a weakness or you don't know what to do, you can to, to pray much in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will lead you to your answer. So I got to pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, no, 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 Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead, about nine miles a minute. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit, the Lord brought it up to me, brought it up when, G, when, when, the, when the, the Father brought the Son. Remember, the Son was demon-possessed. And the Father came to Jesus and said, uh, your disciples couldn't cast him out, but, but can you? And then Jesus rebuked, rebuked the disciples because he said, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. Now let me tell you something. So when a demon should, listen, when I was confronted with the demon, not that, but the demon in him, when I was confronted in it, do you think that's the time to go pray and fast and say, let me get back to you? No. So the praying and the fasting comes before you come in contact with the demon. So, in either case, Jesus rebuked them, straightened them, and then Jesus cast the, the demon out of the boy. And then it says that the demon rent the boy's sore, and then Jesus healed him. And so I read that scripture through, and I said, well, God, that's not the end. I could, I, 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 the demon rent him. I mean, I felt it. I mean, he screamed in agony, and, and he went out onto the floor, and I said, so he must need divine healing. That must be why the anointing hasn't left. He needs healing. We're so silly in our thinking. But I had a, but this, a few months before Zach ever showed up, up out of my spirit, I started saying, 
I cast out devils and demons in Jesus' name. I'd be driving down the road, and all of a sudden I'd have an unction to say, I cast out devils and demons in Jesus' name. What does that say? It says, these signs shall follow them that believe. What was I doing? I was building my believing. I was building my believing. Well, a couple weeks before this experience with this other guy showed up, before this experience, again, I started confessing. God always knows. I started confessing. I cast out devils and demons in Jesus' name. I cast out devils and demons in Jesus' name. In fact, it's always so much, I told people, y'all better start confessing. Remember that? Yep. I started telling them, I said, your confession matters, y'all better start confessing this. <laughs> I'm not going to off on them, y'all cast out the demons, not me. Y'all handle it. So anyway, so the guy comes to the church, and I sit down, we sit down with him, and we read through the scripture, and I said, so apparently, I'm assuming that the reason you're so discouraged is because uh, you see it's still in healing. So I'm just going to lay, we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you, believe it, and ask God to heal you, and then you'll be done. The Spirit qualified it, had to be qualified. Now I don't know what else will happen exactly, but I'm believing you're going to be healed. So the Spirit said it ain't going to be that easy. I was trying to ignore it. So I went to pray for him to be healed, and when I prayed for the healing power of God, growling and snotting and snarling and manifestations, and I thought, okay, here we go again. It was an hour, 45 minutes, 45 minutes later, it was a long time. 45 minutes later, 45 minutes later, we finally got done. Not including the one he had on, so, so there was the one on the Sunday, right? Comes in on Monday. You had to talk to the devil in the name, and he would Jesus called us that. Remember, Jesus asked you, what was his name? And the devil said, Legion, for we are many. Sometimes you got to find out their number. So in that situation, I actually asked the number. I said, how many, how many demons are in this body? I had learned with Zach. Because uh, with him, I said, how many possessed? And the demon said, one. Well, only one possessed, but many can live in. With this guy, I said, how many are in there? And that demon said, there's 18 of us. Okay, Jesus, I guess if you can do one, you can do 18. You can do 62, you can do 18. I didn't know what I was going to do with John. In either case. Good thing I didn't, because if I had asked you that day, if I had asked that demon that day, and that demon said, there's 62 of us in here, I would have said, close the door, church is done. <laughs> I have a case. But I'm saying all this to say, it doesn't matter if you're dealing with one demon, 62 demons, 18 demons, if you're dealing with a thought problem, the devil is just talking to you resentlessly. The devil is just going... You're no good, you're no good, you're going to mess up, you're going to mess up, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fail, you're going to fail. You can't do it, you're never going to get there, you're never going to get healed, you're never going to get It doesn't matter what the lie is. The name of Jesus is all you need. That's all you need is the name of Jesus. You don't need, listen to me, there's people being deceived out there today with deliverance programs. You don't need it. Listen to me online. If you're listening to these ministers that are saying, come, come to our school of deliverance and we'll teach you how to deliver people. Don't waste your money, your time, your energy, or your effort. You're being deceived. Come into the house. All you need is the name of Jesus. That's all you need. It's the name. Above all names. The name of Jesus. So last week, I wonder how the Lord's going to bring it around. Last week, we started to expose pride in people's lives. All 
you need to overcome pride is the name of Jesus. That's all you need. The scripture today in him, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. When the devil says you can't walk the Christian walk, you say, you old fellow devil, shut up. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. When the devil says you can't control your physical body, you say, shut up. I take authority over my body in Jesus' mighty name. Body, the injury is known. You ain't going to drink that Coca-Cola. You're not going to eat that ice cream. You're not going to lay in the bed with this headache. You're the healed of the Lord. Now get up and go. And when you do that, you're engaging the power of heaven, and all of heaven will come to your aid. Listen, according to the attacks that the devil has put on my body, I should be dead in the grave or crippled in the bed. But here's the deal. I learned something. I learned that I am healed, that I was healed, therefore I am healed. I learned I have authority, power, and control over this physical house and over this soul of mine in the name of Jesus. And all I have to do to exercise it is open my mouth and declare the reality that I want. Instead of declaring the reality of what Satan said, you better take it or they're going to get hard. It's going to get hard in here. Hallelujah. Well, I know what you're all thinking so far. You're thinking, well, that's all fine in any pastor. Right. And you can cast out demons. But I'm not a pastor, right? That's what you're thinking. I wasn't a pastor either when I could have my first one. That's right. And that's true. Now, I want, I want to go back to Mark. Uh, 16 and start verse 16 out of the Amplified. It says, He who believes, who adheres to, and trusts in, and relies on the gospel, and him who sets it forth, and is baptized, will be saved from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, who does not adhere to, and trust in, and rely on the gospel, and him who sets it forth, will be condemned. And then verse 17, it says, And these attesting signs will accompany those who believe. Now, does it say to those pastors who believe? Nope. Does it say to those disciples who believe? Or those apostles who believe? Or those fivefold ministers who believe? Only those fivefold ministers. Only those fivefold. No. It doesn't say that. It says, Those who believe. That's everybody in this room. I'm going to tell you right now, just, he's right. I remember I, I called Brother Randy. Yeah. I didn't tell you that part. We were dealing with these 18 demons. They were resistant to leaving. They're always resistant to leaving. In fact, in fact, I said to the one, I said, do you not know who Jesus is? And that demon said, yes, I know Jesus. Such disgust in his voice. I thought, wow, that was disgusting. And I said, so you know that you have to obey the name of Jesus. Yes. I said, so that means if I tell you go in the name of Jesus, you have to leave, right? Yes. Well, then why are you still here? I don't want to leave my home. Where will I go? So pitiful and sorry, like a small little whiny child. And for a split second, for a split second, I had compassion for the demon. It was so pitiful and so wonderful. 
band a little bit. We've gotten down from 18 to 15 to 11 to 8. We were dealing with the last one. And, I, and they just, and he, the guy was like, why won't they come out? I said, oh, they will. We just don't quit. You know that the lunch summer dealt with one evening for six hours straight? Now, it's fine and well to be able to have a conversation, but at least then you're going to be making a progress with it. But that thing, because that man stood on one leg with his tongue out, for six, for six hours. hours. Never said a word, never responded, nothing. Just stood there. I thought, well, if I have to 45 minutes, that's not six hours. At least it's answering my questions. Thank God. But in the midst of that, my phone rang. Because I was getting kind of taking a while. And my phone rang. I was like, my hand on. I said, you better be me, you foul demon. Did you hear that phone ringing? I said, do you know who's on that phone? I said, that's Reverend Randall Greer. And I know that you know him in the spirit because he cast out all of your friends and hold them in prison back in the day. And he's still casting demons today. And that's my spiritual father. And he's coming and he's calling to help me get you to come out of this man so you know you have no hope. In the name of Jesus, you come out. And before came out, I said, well, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> so when we finished up with him, got done, everything, I called Brother Reedy back, and I said, hi, I'm sorry I missed your call. He said, what's your dad doing over there? I said, well, let me tell you what happened. I said, he's been passing out demons about our house, and he didn't even know it. He said, glory to God. I told him how happy he was. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said, glory. See, you're known in the Spirit. You're, You're known in, in the, the spirit. spirit. Remember, Remember that, that demon, demon said, said uh, the, the demon, demon said, the son of Stephen, Stephen, over in the book of Acts, he said, Jesus I know, as in I am very well acquainted with. with. And, and Paul I know, as in, yeah, yeah, I've heard about him, and we don't have to see him either. But you better get to the place where you are known in the spirit. That when you say, when that demon begins to whisper in your ear and says, you're going to fail, you can't. You're never going to get healed. You've got to get so known in the spirit that when you say, shut up, Satan, he listens to you. How do you get known in the spirit? You do a word. So, in verse 17, we determine that these signs, the testing signs, will accompany those who believe. Every believer. And then the first one, it says, in my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new languages. They will pick up serpents. And even if they drink, even if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. So we can do, as believers, we can do all of it. Now, that's not saying you should go around drinking poison. No. It's an accident. And we don't handle those things. No. That's, that's the, again, again, that's the same, same thing as drinking poison on purpose. The the Lord God, God, don't do that. We don't do that. But the very, the very first thing that it says, but it, it does, does it the last thing it says, amazingly enough, the last thing it says, is, is the lay hands on the sick and get well. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a minor sign. That's, that's the last sign. The first sign is they will they will drive out demons. Now, I talk about demon manifestations. But, I also, I also want to talk about that, but here's the deal. You will never feel the demon manifestation like what I've been talking about if you don't first get the devil out of your own life. If you don't first get the devil out of your life. 
If you don't hurt and you heal, you're not going to get the, the effects of Satan in your life, out of your life, until, I'm going to give you the answer, until you train your body, until you learn to take authority over your flesh, until you learn to make your body sit down, shut up, and behave itself, you will never get a demon to obey you. Never. So if you allow your body to do whatever it wants to do, whenever it wants to do it, you will never, you will never successfully put the devil on the run. You first must deal with your physical flesh, which is where it takes us to pride. You, if you have a pride issue, you first have to deal with the pride in your life, and there is a spirit behind pride. There's, There's a spirit, spirit behind it. it. So, so if you, you get pried out of your life, then what, what you're doing, doing is you're putting the devil on the run from your life. life. So, so Robbie doesn't, doesn't know this part. part. She, she was there. there. She, she doesn't know. know. Okay. Uh, but, but I, I know I you're still, still saying, saying, but passion. You guys have passion. You're the ones that should deal with us. Okay, maybe true. true. But, but we're not always going to do And when Robbie and I started, started out, we started out youth ministry, and then youth ministry in, what, 2002? 2003. January 2003. And, um, yeah. Sorry, that's not just like... It's okay. It's been something you relate to. It's okay. And, you know, we were... We weren't, we weren't, we didn't go to seminary, we didn't go to Bible college, college, we didn't do any of that stuff. We were just following the Lord. We were doing what the Lord told us to do. And he, he, he said, he said, I want you to be a youth minister. Well, he told Robbie that they wanted us to be a youth minister. And I was like, well, probably I'm going to tell you. But, but anyways, I trusted her, so I followed. And, uh. We it was in his heart. It was in his heart. It was in his heart. It was in my heart. It was in my heart. And I had a heart for the children. Because I was one. And, and, and honestly, I came, I came to the Lord. I always had a heart for you. In this group myself. So I knew that it could be affected. And I wanted it. And I wanted to follow it. So we're following the Lord for a few years. We're growing our faith. We're teaching the kids. You know, hey, you can command bees. So leave me alone. I can stop. You can, you can command rain, rain go away, and stuff, stuff in Jesus' name, and it'll happen. We're, 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 we're growing our faith. You know, we're, we're doing our things, things, we're reading our words, we're teaching the kids what the Lord tells us to teach them. And one day, and being good youth ministers, or learning to be good youth ministers, one day he says, hey, you need to go visit you at their homes. Because, you know, you'll find out more about them that way, and they're going to get their parents involved. Because if you get their parents involved, the kids will show up more often. Okay, okay, that makes sense. sense. So we well, go to, we go to, uh, we go to some of these houses. We got invited. We, 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 uh, we went over there, there and, um, you know, yeah, we're just, we're just, just, just right? And, and we're, we're, we're talking, talking to uh, one of the girls' mothers, and, and, and her, uh, her mother's there as well. well. And, and so, so and all of a sudden, the Lord just shows me this thing wrapped around her mom's heart. Wrapped tight, tight around, around her heart, heart. with a chokehold. Choke it's like kind of like a snake, snake or a dragon, dragon or something. Or something. And it's, it's just, just it's just wrapped, wrapped around her heart. heart. It's, it's, it's causing pain. pain. 
and it's, and it's, it's going to kill you. I just know this. And I'm like, what is that, Lord? He says, that's the spirit of anger. Okay, spirit of anger. Well, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Well, you got to tell her about it. What? She's going to think I'm crazy. She's going to think I'm lost my mind. He says, he says, tell her it looks like a dragon. She'll believe you. Still, she's going to think I've lost my mind. So I start describing to her just like I did you what I'm saying. And it's got a chokehold on her and it's going to kill her. And then I tell her, and the Lord says to tell you that it looks like a dragon. And immediately she's leaving. I was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah, she said, she said, I don't know. I know you're right. She said, she said, you are correct, I know you're right. I do have a dragon wrapped around my heart, squeezing me, causing me not to be able to breathe. And I told her, it's a spirit of anger, and it's feeding off your anger, and it's going to kill you unless you get your anger out of control. She says, okay. Well, I need help, but you can do that. All right, we're going to pray for her, we're going to cast the spirit of anger out. So we did it. And it left. Well, what I didn't know at the time, and what God, God just revealed to me today, today is that was a demon. He said, I didn't tell you it was a demon because I don't want you running off. <laughs> <laughs> because if I told you it was a demon back then, you'd be like, oh, come on, let's go. Demons in the house, time to go. Let's go, man. Let's go. But I got to say all this to say that anybody can do this. You just have to bring some more toward him. You have, you have to build, build your faith. You have to build, build your faith. Your faith. Believe, and believe, and believe in him. If you believe in him, believe on him, even if you do this. Yeah. And, and he, he will lead you and guide you. It's not like it's not like it's just, just going to jump out at you and scare you. you. Yeah. Demons, Demons don't, don't want to be seen. Especially not like Christians. They don't want to be seen. So they're going to hide. And the Lord, if you're listening and you believe him, he's going to show you. Or he's going to tell you. And then you're going to know. Now, you, like I said, if you want to make sure you believe you can't do this. You just do what he tells you. Now, and I want to tie this into the issue of pride in your life. If you have an issue of pride in your life, don't go home and go, oh my God, I have a demon, I need to live Don't do that. Do not do that. Do not go home, do not. Because as you learn about devil demons and how they operate, you become.
They, they, don't, they, they only do what the other unit doesn't tell them to do. And, and basically, basically what it is is they, they come at you and they poke at you constantly.
Proverbs 11, verse 2 in the Amplified says, When swelling and pride come, then emptiness and shame also there come also. But with the humble, those who are lowly, who have been pruned, or Christ-led by trial, and renowned self, are skillful and godly, wisdom and soundness. Verse 3. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod of pride, 
but the lips of the wise shall preserve them. If you don't want to be foolish, you don't want to sound foolish, keep your pride in check. Keep your pride in check. What do you say? The mouth of the foolish is a lot of pride. Have you ever, I've got a family member. You just drag it around me. Because there's so much foolish talking that comes out of his mouth because of pride. Oh, I can fix anything, and I can do this, and I can. And he's so prideful that it's just. You don't even make any sense anymore, do you? Like, seriously. If you ever know those people, people? Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you don't, you don't want, want to sound foolish, keep your pride in check. But the wisdom of the wise shall preserve them. There's wisdom in keeping your mouth closed sometimes. There's wisdom in not saying every cool thing that pops in your head. Just because the devil says you can't do it doesn't mean that you need to say it out of your mouth. That's not wisdom. Wisdom says, Satan, I'm not going to say what you said. Wisdom, wisdom says, says, I'm going to speak what God speaks, and God says, I can do all things through Christ's strength. Don't, don't be a fool. Don't, don't be a puppet, puppet for the devil. devil. Uh, let's see, that was chapter, where we're going, 16, we're going to chapter 16, verse 18. Now this one, come on. This one was pretty famous. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Listen. This arrogant pride will always come before destruction. Always. <laughs> always. And we, we kind of laughingly joke sometimes. You know, uh, Michael said something, there was a period some time back where Michael was doing something. And, and I, I said, here, let me get you a ladder, let me do this so you don't fall. And he, and he said, said, I got it, I can do it, I'm fine. And I said, well, don't talk to me when you fall. And guess what? He fell. See, sometimes, at the same time, I've bounced off and he's like, who's prideful now? It seems to happen. It seems to happen right together. So pride goes before fall, but proud and haughty scorner is his name who dealeth in proud That's Proverbs 21. Like you're, like you're, like you're, like you're a nobody, you're, you're insignificant, you're nothing more than a bug crawling across the floor. That's not humble. 
humble is you, you don't, don't necessarily require you over somebody else. That's humble. Humble is, is a servant's heart. Humble is uh, just, just sit back, relax, and don't require the stage, so to speak. Now, that doesn't mean that you allow people to walk over you and be a doormat. If you, you know, I mean, seriously, if somebody's like, Hey, I want your car, give it to me. And you go, oh, I'm humble, here's my car. No, that's ignorance. <laughs> that's foolishness on the deed. No. No, that's my car. I paid good car for you. 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 I paid good for you. I paid good car for you. You don't, you don't always, always have to be the first in and the first out. You don't always have to be the first to speak. You don't always have to speak your mind. You can you calm down, down the left and let other people have their, their way. You know, you know um, thank you. I'll give you a little funny thing with that. So my mom is a perfectionist, and she's an artist. She's very gifted, and she's very talented, and she's got an eye for artistic style. And artistic, artistic details. She really does. does. I, I can't take that from her at all. She, she can look at a blank piece of mud and a white canvas and see something and make something where I'm like, how is mud? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't get it. She's very detail-oriented in that respect. She's a little bit of a, of a perfectionist. Well, that's the point. I mean, we reached the age where, you know, it's now time for us to do the Christmas tree and what have you and everything. And, and I would, would, you know, know and I'd, I'd, I'm going to set up the Christmas tree. tree. We do the Christmas tree, tree. and I'd, I'd, I'd put, put the lights on and get poked, poked by the tree 6,000 times. So, like, like, like in, in the tree, not just on the tree. And, you know, you're, you're probably bleeding from a few branches. And then you get the ornaments all on there and get everything right. And you're like, man, doesn't that look good? And she'll walk in and she'll go, well, it looks okay, but let me. And she starts rearranging the tree. Starts redoing it. <laughs> she was like, you did good, but let me put this over here. I'm like, right, much? We, 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 I got an attitude about it. We've got it where we just let her So I've got an attitude about it. And then I got an arrogance about it. And I see Michael, you want to decorate the tree? And I see, yeah, just let the lights on there, let the decorations on there, all come behind you to fix it. I did. Oh, 
How much do you know? Loading the dishwasher just is not your way. That's a She's laughing. She's laughing. She knows. I'm still alive, but I still have my things. How many things you learn to live with? Humble. Humble is learning to walk in the dishwasher and get enough of the car. I'll do it, but okay. Humble also well. I know she's very particular about things, so I guess it's okay she agrees. That is also humble. It, it makes her happy when we're handed the dishwasher. Let her do it. But that's her business. She wants to do it. Let her do it. Do you see how humble? Humble is just, just okay. Let her. How much do you know? When you take that attitude, take a lot of stress and pressure out of that. It's also learning to live together. It is. It is. But it helps us understand pride. Real quick, let's go to Daniel chapter 5. Daniel chapter 5. Uh, here, you don't have to go back and read the whole story. Um, but here, um, well, it is what it is. So, so, it, so, so here, here, I'm trying to find the other thing. Oh, the other thing? Hold on, I'll get it. Belshazzar? Yes, Belshazzar is King Nebuchadnezzar's son. King Nebuchadnezzar is no longer King Belshazzar, is King. Belshazzar decides, now he's king over Israel, and he decides that he and his cronies are going to worship the pagan gods. Not only is he going to worship the pagan gods, but he sends the priests into the temple to get the anointed chalices that belong to God, our God. So he sends his servants in to get the anointed chalices and bring them into their pagan worship service. And they're all gonna they're all gonna drink wine out of God's chalices in in in, in honor and worship to these false gods. Needless to say, um, God was not a fan. Yeah, his pride got involved in here. And, and so while they're sitting there having their, their, their uh, pagan feasts and pagan sacrifices that they're pagan gods with God's stuff, all of a sudden a hand appears on the wall. And a hand writes on the wall. And nobody can interpret what is written. Nobody can interpret it. So finally he, he is distressed. In fact, he gets, he gets so freaked out by the hand writing on the wall that his knees literally knock and he goes to the bathroom on the way out. That's what it says. The Bible says that he actually, the drop was released. It's what it says. It's so many words. And so he's all freaked out about this. None of the soothsayers, none of the magicians, nobody can figure out what this says. So they send for Daniel. And Daniel, he said, Daniel, if you can get, if you can give me the interpretation, I'll give you this stuff. But look at, and look at what Daniel has to say here. So let's pick up um, verse 17, Daniel 5, 17. Let's pick up right there. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. All right, so then Daniel answered and said before the king, 
Let, Let thy, thy gifts be to thyself, and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king, and make known to him the interpretation. So that's the writing on the wall. And thou, king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom, and majesty, and glory, and honor. And, and for the majesty, majesty uh, it sounds to me like he doesn't want to read it to the new phrase. No, no, he's not in the book. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar was the one that threw the boys in the fire of the furnace. Remember that? And remember when he saw Jesus walking in the furnace, he said, Oh my God, they're about to rule of God, and we're all going to follow that God. And when Nebuchadnezzar began to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, he began to follow the God of God. And when he did that, God made him, gave him all people. God, God did everything for him. Majesty, glory, and honor. Right. Majesty, glory, and honor. He said, God said, you're serving me, and I'm going to do this for you. Daniel is putting Belshazzar in remembrance of what happened in Nebuchadnezzar. Right. Keep going. Probably possible because he's afraid of what Belshazzar is doing. Anyway, and for the majesty that he gave him, all people, Nations and languages trembled in fear before him, whom he would, or whom he would, he slew, and whom he would, he kept alive, and whom he would, he set up, and whom he would, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind hardened in pride, he was disposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. What happened in Nebuchadnezzar? His heart was lifted up and his mind hardened with pride. Where was his pride? In the mind. In the mind. He said, when his heart, in other words, his mind got to think and look at me. Whatever I say happens. If I want somebody dead, they're dead. If I want somebody to let them live, they live. I've got gold, I've got silver, I've got. He got all lifted up in pride. In, in his, his head, he got to thinking he was something. And that pride caused his heart to get lifted up. And because of that, he was disposed from his kingly throne. Sounds, Sounds just like Satan, doesn't it? Sounds just like him. Keep going. And when he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast, and his dwelling was with the wild asses, he was living out in the field. They, they fed, fed him, him with grass, grass like oxen, and his, his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Lord High God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointed, he appointed over it whomsoever he will. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thy heart. Though thou knowest all this. He said, Belshazzar, he said, you knew exactly what happened to your dad. Your dad was the king of kings. He had it going on. He had money. He had everything. But he got lifted up in pride. And God brought him low to the point that he was out in the field on his hands and knees eating grass like a donkey. Do you imagine that? Do you imagine going out your yard getting on your hands and knees and eating grass like a donkey? That's how messed up he got because of pride. Pride brought him into that place. And he said, okay, he told Belshazzar, he said, Belshazzar, he said, you knew the danger of pride, and yet here you are full of pride. Full of pride. 
you, it's, it's really long, long you can find out what those are in the Thessalonians. But, but I want to go to Mark, Mark chapter, chapter 7, verse 22, real quick. I've got to finish this up. I want to give you some hope. Because I don't want you to get out of here. I don't want you to get out of here thinking, oh my God, devil's demon's taking me over. I've got the devil's pride. And I have no hope. No, no, no. I don't want you to do that at all. No, we've got to give you the answer. We've got to give you the victory. All right, chapter 6, verse 22. Mark, 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 Let's go to verse 20. Let's go to verse 20. And he said, That which cometh out of the man that defiles the man. They were asking Jesus, here's what they were, they were asking Jesus, Jesus, is it right for your servants to eat certain foods on certain days? You know, people get all torn up about that. You can hear that today. Well, you're a Christian, you should only eat what Jesus ate, you should only eat fish and bread and this. Jesus answered it. Jesus said, Do you not know that that which cometh out of man, uh, he said, that which cometh out of man, that defileth the man. Keep going. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil lie, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Did you ever think of
I had to start doing what God said. When I'm telling you the truth, when the devil said nobody loves you, listen. Listen to me. I'm living in my house with my mom, with my grandmother, and with my husband. And the devil said nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. You don't matter. You're insignificant. I would lay in my bed at night and cry with my back toward my husband, tears running down my cheeks. And I, by faith, listen, I have to do it by faith. You have to do it by faith. You have to do it by faith. You got to do. You got to get your hands by faith. You got to do the things of God by faith. You got to step out in faith. I lay there crying, tears running down my cheeks, and I say, God, you said I want to take every thought captive. God, you said that you loved me. God, you said that Jesus loves me. God, I have a husband, so supposedly my husband loves me. But honestly, with everything in my heart, I believe my husband hated me. I'm not lying. God, my mama loves me. At least that's what she says, even though I don't feel it. God, my granny says that she loves me, even if I don't feel like it. I was so desperate. Now you, you can laugh at me, make fun of me all you want. But I was so desperate that I would lay in my bed and say, well, Mickey Mouse loves me. Well, Donald Duck loves me. Because that's what they said. Isn't that what they said? Not even a real creature. But I had to start somewhere. And I'd start over. Mom loves me. My husband loves me. My granny loves me. Donald Duck loves me. Mickey Mouse loves me. My dog loves me. Come on, you've got to start somewhere. I did this every night for months. Now, now I remember we're talking about taking thoughts captive here. But what is, what is it that the, the lowest demon, the principality, likes to do? He likes to whisper thoughts in your head. He's whispering thoughts in your head in this example. He's whispering thoughts. Nobody loves you. Even though she's married, even though her mom loves her with all her heart, the devil said, they don't love you. They don't care about you. They didn't talk to you today. They didn't say one word. They were sharp with you. They were harsh with you. Now, she can sit there and receive that and listen to it. It won't take very long. She's all wrapped up in a tight little bundle. She's all ready to explode or to just go away or whatever. But she has to take those thoughts captive. Now, this is, we, we, we just said that the believers can cast out demons. This is the first step. Take thoughts captive. Once you take your thoughts captive and tell that demon to leave you alone, you can cast them out. You have to cast them out yourself first. Just because you got born again doesn't mean you don't also have demons messing with you. That's right. I can believe you had to be a Moritan. One of the first examples we had today was a man who was recently saved, speaking in tongues, and he was possessed by demons. You have to start with yourself. Get the demons out of your own life before you start going after other people's lives. That's right. That's right. That's right. First is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Here's where you start to surprise. Remember when we saw the answer was, submit to God, resist the devil. Submit to God, resist the devil. 
That's right. Because, because at that, that point, he thinks she's recruiting his butt. He's like, whatever, dude. Well, we're way over, but I don't want to apologize. We had a fighting with God. You know, the Holy Spirit was moving in the beginning of service, nobody even looked at the clock. The Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of service, and now we're looking at the clock. That's okay. Glory to God. Listen. Jesus needs us to deal with the devil. Brother Ruby said this this week, and I came under great conviction. I'm I'm explaining that next week. Because after dealing with the two manifestations of demons that I dealt with, um, can I just say this? There's a lot out there online about people dealing with devils and demons. And these ministers, these these ministers are out there going, Bring me every demon in hell. I'll take them on. Listen. They have never, never actually dealt with a true demon manifestation in the power of Jesus. They are operating by familiar spirits. Because, yes, there is a boldness that comes with power with the gift of faith. But, but, with, but, but when you truly deal with casting out demons, there is an attack that comes against you. There is an attack that comes against you. When I'm talking about the level that I was talking about earlier today. And because of that attack, I said, uh, thank you, Jesus, no thank you, send the anointing and the answer to somebody else. I don't have time to tell how I was disobedient to the prophet God that I was. And I had to turn around and go back and say, I'm sorry, I repent. Because the attack is so real. But Brother Randy says this. Because, because the Lord, Lord showed it to him, him when he was in the prison. Because Brother Randy was the same way. He said, I don't want to deal with him. He said this. The Lord showed him and showed Dad Hagen that all power and authority has been given to the church in his name. And Jesus cannot, not that he won't, it's that he cannot do anything about the devil unless us, the members of the body, will stand up and allow Jesus to use us to take on the devil. But before you can ever deal with manifestation on the level that I was talking about at the beginning of the service, you first must deal with the devil in your own life. You first must deal with the flesh in your life. I knew the mantle was coming. I knew it was it was it was stirring. I knew there were things coming, and this is what and, 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 and I kind of got a little devil conscious and demon cookie because I was like, well, maybe you know, because I've got some issues with my homework on, you know, like maybe I'm all right, maybe there is a man behind. I got a little crazy, and then Brother Randy said this. He said, before you cast the devil out of anybody else, like you got to cast him out of your life first. Well, I've been used to have 15 and that would be so I must have gotten them out of first. So that's, that's, that's something, something you can look forward to. When you, you get them out of your life, life God will use you to get them out of other people's lives. Okay? But first, you got to deal with self. First, you got to deal with self. I want to clarify one thing real quick. Yes. Uh, I spoke earlier on how uh, I saw the human in the one lady and, and, and God didn't tell me that uh, the, that was a demon. He said it was a spirit of anger. He wasn't lying to me. It was a spirit of anger. But 
demons are spirits. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and, and it was, that was just easier for me, for my mind, to deal with. My mind would not have dealt with that as a demon of anger. No, he's my devil. I would have been like, really? This is it. I'm out of here. And no, I'm not going to give you the finish anymore. I was not in the place, place to receive that knowledge. So he was protecting me, but at the same time using me. See, and I gave that example to show you that you don't really have to know what you're doing. You just have to follow God. You don't have to know what you're doing. The Holy Ghost on the inside knows what he's doing. You just got to follow the Holy Ghost. Pray, Lord, or God, and all friends. The restaurants are going to be full. Oh, my goodness. It'll be all right. Amen. I have a 